Okay, so I kind of caved in. There used to be a meme, and it was dildo hands, and the idea was that uh, it was some joke about a guy who fell in love with a robot. Well, it's supposed to be a human who had dildo hands, but it turns out it's a real book, and it's actually almost a metaphor. It's in the future, and the man falls in love with a robot. And the robot just had these sort of pneumatic hands. So it wasn't dildo hands. So I went and looked for that book. And it turns out to be a real book that some people actually quite liked and cared about. So I I, I see. I kind of give up on that one because it's not actually dildo hands. Uh, but then I remembered there was things called like dinosaur erotica. And these books are all free, but actually in Japan, you have to pay X amount of yen to get them. So I'm a little torn on whether I'm actually going to... I'm tempted to make a series. So once a month, I buy one of these books and I read it in total, but I'll read like X amount every week, but I'll, do, but I'll release it once a month. That doesn't make sense. Once a month, I would read from the book until the book was finished. And then people, if they enjoy the the book reading, could join in on the fun. Or if you're like, I actually don't like that book part, they could skip it. That's something I've been considering. And that would be worthwhile. The investment is low. It's like the price of a Coke or something. It's not, the, the most expensive one I've seen is 400 yen. And again, I, I'd be willing to pay that if I was going to read the whole book and get, you know, the content out of it. But as I was searching for options, I came across Caveman Aliens Rage, book three. So uh, this is book three of 14. I've noticed a big theme in these uh, free books is there's always a lot of them. And I write stuff for fun, but I just don't have time to write like 14, 15 books in a series because I have a job and stuff. So I, I, I wonder, like, is this just like a hobby and this is all they do? But uh, it seems like caveman aliens do a lot of steroids because the guy on the cover is just jacked. He's covered in uh, stripes like a tiger that is pretty poor Photoshop. And then there's a, a what I assume is a T-Rex underneath him. But we get some, some interesting intros to the characters and that's kind of what got me interested in the... Uh, the, the narrative here. So we have Darax. And I, I've always wondered, like, we have a lot of jokes about cavemen and alien names and stuff, but it's, there's always a lot of apostrophes in them. I figure, I made a joke once, and it was like, if you wanted to write Elvin, you just use a lot of L's and apostrophes, and it's pretty much Elvish. But Darax, I should, I should make a voice for Darax, but she came out of the dark, and I just took her. She's the first woman I've ever seen. My crotch swells when I look at her. She turns my world upside down by just existing. I only know one thing for sure. She's mine. Um, here's the thing. If you had never seen a woman before in your life, I assume he's an adult. I, they do not give Darax's uh, age, but I'm assuming if he's old enough to do steroids, he's an adult. If you've never in your... Let's, say, let's make him 30. So he's sort of like an adult, but he's not old. And he's really jacked on steroids. If in 30 years you had never seen a woman, the first time you saw a woman, 
you would have no context for what a woman is. So I don't think you would have an erotic reaction to a woman until you learned what a woman was. We grow up with context. We grow up with male and female as our basic understanding of, of you know, men and women. We learn early on what society approves of, and then we make adjustments for what we like, whether we like it or not. Something I've actually talked about, one of the creepiest things that's happened to me living in Japan is the number, the age, the lower limit of what I find attractive has gone down since I came to Japan, which is disturbing. It hasn't gotten like creepy low yet, but the emphasis on cuteness, the, the const, constant barrage, the constant barrage of youth makes that acceptable and you get acclimatized to it. Now, luckily I'm never going to act on this, uh, but I did notice, like, girls I thought would have been too young 15 years ago. In my head, I'm kind of like, well, that's fine. Now, which is gross and creepy if you think about it. But that's admitting society's influence and then being aware of what it's done to me means I am more capable of counteracting it and not being a creepy dude and doing gross stuff. So Dirac, I believe, is our caveman alien. Now, I haven't read the book yet. My actual understanding is that the ladies who are going to be the main characters are actually the aliens, and they're on this planet with cavemen. So he's actually the caveman aboriginal, the the First Nations caveman, and they are the aliens. But when we get to Heidi, Dirac is the kind of alien caveman who takes what he wants. Again, uh, mistaking the fact that you are the alien here is actually a bit of an issue. I kind of like that in a guy. Which is, in this context, now gross. It's just what he's taken now is me. He just threw me over his lap and trotted away with me into the jungle of this Jurassic planet on a freaking T-Rex. Because those lethal alien dinosaurs I'm so afraid of? Yeah, he's riding one. So, I mean, now we've learned that what she likes is a bad boy. She likes the guy who goes for the things that she's afraid of. She she likes the man who takes charge. She actually seems to appreciate kidnappers. So this is like a bit of Stockholm Syndrome already rolled in. I think we're going to his cave. Judging from the huge tent he's pitching in his loincloth... Uh, this is written by a woman, technically, because we don't know. It says Callista Sky, which I believe is probably a pen name. But I have never actually heard a woman use the phrase pitching a tent. So I think we're going to his cave. Judging from the huge tent he's pitching in his loincloth. This is, this is maybe what appealed to me was the language choice, because actually I think this was written by a dude. I think he has plans for when we get there. And I think they involve me becoming his mate. We'll just see about that. There's no way I'm going to be the kind of girl who falls for her kidnapper, except she's already implied that she's kind of on board with everything that's going on. Fine. He's drop-dead gorgeous. He's hyper-confident, and he turns me into hot mush on the inside. Okay, but... I actually think if someone kidnapped me, I would not be into it. Even if they were attractive. Who knows? Maybe I would be. Maybe someone kidnaps me as a really hot girl, I'd be like... I don't like being kidnapped now. 
Because that's all it takes. Is someone attractive to you doing something you normally wouldn't like is enough to make you open to that thing. But an alien caveman with a dark secret. How the... How can a caveman have dark secrets? I mean, they're going to have fairly simple lifestyles. Although he has managed to tame a T-Rex to the point where he can ride it. But an alien caveman with a dark secret and an anger problem feels kind of dangerous to me. And I assume they mean dangerous in a good way. I don't think if you grew up a caveman fighting dinosaurs and stuff you'd have a lot of anger issues. I think that would just be like how you survive. Uh, But Dark Secret seems like a bit of a stretch. An Amazon reviewer, not named, Jurassic Park meets Sex in the City. So I'm assuming it's all told diary style like Sex in the City, a show I've never actually watched, but I know I've seen the opening and the opening she kind of like types stuff about, or maybe at the end, she types stuff about like what's happened. And gives like sassy points about living in New York. Caveman Aliens Rage is the third of the Caveman Alien series of science fiction romance novels. The books are complete stories, but should be read but should be read in order for maximum joint. So each one is individual. So there are fourteen of these books, which means something like this has happened fourteen times. Fourteen alien abductions brought to alien. Uh, Jurassic planets dropped on where you then fall in love with alien cavemen and, and you know, I assume the, drop the bottom out of it. Expect steamy scenes, mysterious aliens with features like adult toys. What does that mean? Features. Oh, when I, when it read, when I read features, the first thing I thought was facial features. So like an eyes that are two dildos or even worse eyes that are two like uh oh, I forget what they're called the things that men use they put their penis in it I don't remember what they're called deadly planets and the love story between a BBW from earth and a sensationally hot alien warrior the steroid dude on the cover Seems white-ish. He's very tanned, but I actually just assume that's like a weightlifter thing and he's tanned. So we have our premise. We have Darax and we have Heidi. And uh, we also have... I was going to just read chapter two. So I figured chapter one is just setting it up. I don't know. Do I have to read chapter one? Have they already been kidnapped and brought to the... This is long. Uh, If they've already been kidnapped and brought to the planet... Okay, I'm going to read the first couple of paragraphs, but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to skip to chapter two. It starts off telling you who's talking. It's Heidi. Oh, damn it. That's just what I need now. I seethe it under my breath, aware that the other girls are asleep just after a, just a couple of feet away. I'm half asleep too, but now I've woken up because I really need to go. I lie awake for a couple of minutes, just listening to the rain outside the cave opening, dreading going out there and knowing... There's no way around it. It's a steady downpour that I know will soak me and make me cold. And I will have to go out there. Because indoor plumbing? Not a common thing on this Jurassic planet that the evil aliens dumped us on. I try to pretend that there's no overwhelming pressure down below so that I can fall back asleep. Hmm. Yes, so quiet. 
and calm here, and I'm so sleepy. Let's count sheep. One, two, three, four. Cute, fluffy sheep jumping over a little brook. A babbling brook that clucks and tinkles. And damn it, this is making it worse. I might as well get it over with. Scheiße. I kick the animal fur off me and get unsteadily to my feet, then throw another skin around my shoulders like a stiff shawl. It's going to be cold outside. A distant thunder rolls over the jungle as I open the hanging skins that separate my small sleeping space from those of the other girls. The rock is cold under my feet, and the fire at the cave opening has burned itself down to embers. Apart from that orange light, it's completely dark. I can barely hear someone nearby snoring softly. Someone who was smart enough not to drink a quart of water right before bedtime. I totally envy her. I tiptoe over to the opening and grab the spear that's always ready by the wall. Nobody is supposed to leave the cave alone, but there's no way I'm going to wake anyone up to escort me into the rain at this time of night. The spear won't help me if something really bad happens, but I'd rather not be completely unarmed out there. We haven't seen any dinosaurs or predators close by the cave for a long time, and the creatures here don't seem to be too active in this constant rain. I'll probably be fine. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. It's not going to be fine. I can tell you that right now. Still, I stand there for a minute, crossing my legs and peering out into the jungle to check for movement, but nothing appears to be moving in the dark woods. The smell of wet rainforest and dirt is very strong and not too unpleasant. I take a deep breath, push my glasses further up on my nose. So we've missed the kidnapping uh, by the aliens. We've missed any information about i guess this is why we have to read book one i assume book one has beginning abduction to delivery to planet and maybe even a reason why uh if the man our avian caveman hasn't seen a woman before maybe that's what they're doing they're trying to repopulate this planet because it has men but where are those men coming from but uh they're trying to you know provide them with more women to breed which is a very 1950s plotline. The, the drops are large and my dinosaur skin dress is immediately soaked. She's made herself a dress. Like, this is deep into the story at this time. I scurry to the right, aiming for the ditch we've dug for this purpose, which is shielded from view by a thin screen of woven branches and leaves. I squat over it, release the flow, and feel a familiar relief wash over me. Soon, I'll be back among my warm skins and I can get a few more hours of rest before morning. And really, I shouldn't mind the rain too much. Now that we have a rich source of water, we don't have to drink the water from the creek with its questionable cleanliness. Oh, questionable cleanness. It looks clear and nobody's gotten sick from it yet, but you know, rainwater just seems safer to me. And I've been drinking more of it since the rainy season started, which is why I'm in the predicament I'm in right now. I finish up, grab the spear, and start walking back to the cave. A little less hunched over now tonight. I'll make sure not to drink a drop starting at sundown. I'm just about to turn my back to the jungle and tiptoe back into the cave when I freeze. That shadow seems to be moving. Just a tiny movement, but there's no wind. Nothing should move like that now. It's the kind of thing I'm hypersensitive to after several weeks on this deadly planet. Uh, you said it was raining. Uh, and... Okay, maybe there is no wind in the rain. Okay, This is an alien planet. I don't understand the biome. That's it. That's the first problem. I got to stop with my assumptions that I actually understand what's going on. I don't understand the biome. I don't understand the situation. It could have completely different things. Usually when it rains, there's movement because of the rain and there is some wind, but she's saying there's no wind. 
I slowly turned my head, my heart suddenly beating in my ears like a jackhammer. I adjust my glasses and flash and flash of lightning floods the clearing in a bluish light for a split second. Then I have to stifle a scream because that, yeah, that's a dinosaur. And it's big. No, make that gigantic. It's a freaking T-Rex. Of course, it isn't an actual T-Rex. This is an alien planet. Oh, the author has now started doing what I just did. That's actually kind of endearing. And Earth dinos didn't come here. And this kind of alien dino is so similar to the ancient Tyrannosaurus Rex from Earth that the girls and I can't think of a better name for it. I've only seen one once before from miles away, and even then, I wanted to hide. It's a shimmering gray. It's the size of a big house, and it's so sleek and powerful and clearly deadly that my blood freezes to ice in my veins. It has two giant unblinking yellow eyes and two powerful legs and a long tail, and so many teeth that I'm not sure I can count that far. I know that because its mouth is open and aimed right at me. It's still 30 yards away, just at the edge of the desert, but still it feels like it towers over me, and I know it can pounce on me and eat me before I can turn around and run into the cave. I just stare at it for several seconds, feeling my face scrunching up as panic takes over. I back away slowly as I can, conscious that this is probably my last moment alive. The monster lowers his head towards the ground like a bull preparing to charge. I feel a panicked sob work its way up out of my chest, but then I freeze for a second time because behind its head there's something else. Or rather, someone else. The first thing I see are vivid yellow stripes that seem to be like seem to burn like a fire against the darkness. Then I see a chest, muscular and broad, and then the eyes. If I thought the T-Rex had yellow eyes, then I had no idea because these yellow eyes are so yellow they look almost like bright lasers if lasers could smolder with an inner heat. Yeah, that's a man. A caveman. Riding a frickin' T-Rex. I stare at him for three heartbeats. His posture up there is so relaxed and casual that I can't wrap my mind around it. He might as well be sitting on a fence... As I look, he slowly tilts his head to the side as if getting a good look at me. And that's definitely an alien frown on his face. What? If it's a frown, it's a frown. It has nothing to do whether it's alien or not. And I assume these are humanoid because you keep describing him as a man. I assume there's boinking coming. Uh, And I think the boinking, problematically, is... If he's an alien, if he's an actual alien, these are not like a split subset of humanoid, like humans, homo sapiens. Uh, Even if they intermix, they are not going to breed. Or they might get sterile, like a horse and a a donkey uh, gets an ass. And they, but they're, they're all sterile. Huh. Anyways. Uh... So that's definitely an alien frown on his face. Yeah, most cavemen on this planet have never seen a woman. Which again is problematic because where did those guys come from if they've never seen a woman? A part of my content, they need to explain that. Again, this is book three. Maybe I'm just behind the times here. A part of my consciousness registers that the guy up there is pretty damn attractive. As cavemen go. But another big, much bigger part is saying, fuck this shit. T-Rex, I wheeze. 
And then I remember I have to breathe in first if I want to say something. T-Rex! It's a little more than an anguished squeak, but it tears me out of my frozen reverie and I stumble backwards towards the cave entrance. T-Rex! I fall on my butt, barely avoiding sitting down right there into the hot ashes from the fire. Then I scramble into the cave. T-Rex! Caveman! Sleepy heads peer out from behind skins. Heidi, you okay? Caveman, there's someone right outside. I throw myself down uh, at the back of the wall of the cave, pulling my knees up and throwing the skin shawl over my head, trying to be invisible. Then the cave is chaos of screams and alarm and squeals as the girls wake up and realize that something is very badly wrong. Jackzan and Arox, Sophia's and Amelia's caveman husbands. Wait a minute. They've been here weeks. And two of the women have had full relationships and gotten married, I assume, and therefore some kind of ceremony to make it official that they are husbands. They sprint to the kit, and they do have the apostrophe, so I'm assuming they're aliens. They have Jackson, so it's J-A-X apostrophe Z-A-N, and Arox, uh, A-R apostrophe O-X. So they, they're alien dudes. But have they only been, she said eight weeks? I don't remember now. They've been there for a very short amount of time for these women to actually be married. Anyways, these dudes sprint to the cave opening, giant swords in strong hands. They stand there looking out for a good while, then Aerox walks out slowly while Jackson watches his back, tense as a bowstring, which we don't know has been invented on this planet yet. The cave is silent again, but the atmosphere is electric with anxiety and all us girls are huddled together. A huge dino, I explained in a trembling whisper with lips that won't quite obey me, and a guy riding it. They all look at me with disbelief. Sophia frowns. Riding a dinosaur, are you sure? I wipe scared tears off my face. I'm sure. Yellow stripes, yellow eyes, stars. He was terrible. I mean, he didn't do anything. Caroline squeezes my arm in support. How is that even possible? Those things are vicious. I shake my head in jerky motions. I don't know. But he was there on top of it, just casually riding a dinosaur. One of those T-Rex things. Really? Delia inquires. The ones that kind of look like T-Rexes, but they're very large. T-Rexes are huge. Tell me about it, I say with stiff, cold lips. Aurora, how many people are here? Aurora notches an arrow on her bow. They should have given us some kind of context. And glances, so they do have bows, though, uh, towards the cave opening. I hope you were only dreaming it, because if it's true, then there's another tribe has discovered our cave, and they've seen that there's at least one woman here. He did see you, right? Uh, he totally stared me down. So, yeah. We can see Aerox squatting down at the edge of the jungle. He's an expert tracker. There's no way that dino didn't leave deep tracks in the wet dirt. He examines the ground, then stands slowly up and peers in among the trees. Then he comes back inside. Cronk! He confirms darkly, using the caveman-ese word for T-Rex. And then con- Here's the problem with making up languages. Uh, they usually suck. And using a word like cronk in uh, caveman is very low effort, in my opinion. Amelia gently strokes my hair. Maybe it's just one and not a whole gang of them. I whimper and pull my feet closer to me. The idea that we might be surrounded by a whole bunch of T-Rex riding cavemen from an enemy tribe hasn't even crossed my mind. I'm not the image I'm not the image of a brave earth girl right now, but I just had a damn dinosaur looking at me like I was a snack and my pride has totally taken a back seat. Even one is bad, Sophia says. 
because he's probably a scout, and if so, he has a tribe. The cave is quiet, as we all think about what this might mean. Not something good, I suspect. But despite my terror and rapid heartbeat, that guy made me curious. Oh, for fuck's sakes. There is no way these emotions would connect like this. At all. Maybe. But the way he looked at me didn't seem evil. Here you have a woman justifying her desire for the wrong man straight out the gates. They, she doesn't know anything about him. And no sensible woman I know would react this way. Guy riding dinosaur does not mean like, hmm, intriguing. Just mystified. I didn't get the feeling that he had a bunch of friends nearby. Why? There was something unusual about him, something I don't know. Solitary? Which is ridiculous and dumb. There's no way from the context of what you set up so far that this would be a reasonable conclusion to draw. And the fact remains, he had the chance to kill me, and he didn't. On a deadly planet where everything is always trying to murder you, that makes him downright friendly in my book. Again, justification because he was hot. This is wrong. If any young woman listens to this, and I know my my demographic is primarily men, this is not how you pick a guy. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Why? There is no reason. Because he did not kill you, you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry, we need higher bars than this. Well, even so, this is it. Delia says, calmly, and gets to her feet. We've been found. That's what we've been fearing all along. Girls... We're in trouble. What are we at? We're almost at 30 minutes. I think I'll read a couple more pages. I'm intrigued by this story. I'm intrigued primarily by the fact that uh, she's justifying wanting to get with this dude who has given her no reason to actually believe this is a good idea. So they're going to abandon the cave. She keeps pushing the glasses up on her nose. It'll be interesting because I wear glasses and I know if I was on an alien planet they would get lost or broken or so dirty they'd be useless anyways. Okay. I push the glasses up on my nose. We don't have a choice. We have to go. The sooner the better. So they have to leave the cave because they've been found. We could be, he could be back at any moment with his tribe. Where do we go? Aurora asks and sights along the length of the new arrow. This is the only cave we know about. We were going there anyway, Delia says, and nods towards Boone. This pad opens some possibilities. There's still something in that old ship that responds to this thing. I missed something, because what is it responding to? Caroline crosses her arms over her chest. That old spaceship creeps me out, but yeah. At least we'll have a roof over our heads. I guess we'll have to... I guess all we have to do is pack. Shouldn't take long. Aurora grabs her bundle of arrows, places them in her quiver. I'll just remind everyone that Boone is where the not dactyles live the most dangerous place we know of so i assume they're pterodactyls but they're not pterodactyls so they've called them not dactyls which is a beautiful portmanteau of of vocabulary a cold shiver goes down my back at the memory of our first day on this planet so many women were taken by the dactyls the flying dinosaur horrors that we fear more than anything else here on xren 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 God damn it. Like, I know I know, creating a language is tough, but... Oh God, that's always so terrible. 
We start taking down hanging skins and packing our leather sacks. None of us state the obvious, that something in the spaceship, Boone, that something responds to Delia's little pad, could just as well be someone. And then we get to chapter two. I, this is like Keenan, which is a, a free book I read a chapter of. I actually got pretty into it pretty quick. I like reading. Uh, but I, I'm more, far more into science fiction than I am into uh, Irish uh, gun running stories. And the fact that this woman is already like just clamoring for an excuse to get close to this alien caveman uh, is, is intriguing, to be honest. So the book's got us into me. I kind of want to go back and read one because the, the problem I'm having is uh, we've got zero background for the situation they're in. Uh, the marriages were a big surprise. I'm, a, I'm wondering if it's all three books or just one story. It said they're individual stories, which in my mind would mean individual main characters, protagonists, but that may not be the case. It may be one story in total, like the, the abduction and then the dropping on the planet and then now they're surviving on the planet. 14 books is a lot. I'm kind of torn. Oh, they got a little monkey friend. I'm torn. I would like some feedback. Do you want me to keep reading this? Should I keep reading these free books? I kind of want to read the book, though. I kind of just want to read the book to see what happens. I'm just about... Oh, this is where she gets kidnapped. Might as well read that part. This is right before chapter three. I'm just about to turn around when I feel strong hands under my shoulder and I'm lifted straight up, clean off the ground. And I drop my sling in the rock in surprise and I don't even have time to squeal. It happens so fast, my head is spinning. It takes me several seconds to realize that I'm on top of something big, something that moves and gives off a faint, rancid smell of rotting meat. I can tell because my face is pressed into it. I'm face down on this thing, this very living thing, and someone is definitely pressing the small of my back into whatever it is, and I can see the ground under me passing by fast in the darkness, and it has to be 20 feet down. I'm up pretty high, and I can see feet. No, claws long sharp huge claws walking across the terrain and for a moment i'm really confused about what to do on one hand i'm not in any pain on the other i'm being carried away on what is becoming clear to me it'd be a dinosaur she's being kidnapped and she's like i'm not being hurt well i have to do something i can't just lie here like a dead raccoon very specific uh animal to choose and be taken against my will to who knows where. I wriggle and writhe as much as I can, kicking my legs and hammering my fists onto the rough, thick dinosaur skin that feels about as supple as hardwood. Help! I'm being kidnapped, Caroline! Dinosaur! Nothing happens, and I doubt anyone heard me. The dinosaur travels surprisingly quietly over the leaves and branches on the ground, and I think we're moving pretty damn fast, too. Caroline! Caveman! I just wanted to see how long I could hold that. My shouting gets squeaky by the end of that. This isn't the best position for yelling. I can't breathe in deep enough. I try to squirm around so I can see who's holding me down. In a short glimpse, I see it. That's the caveman I saw last night. It's impossible to mistake those eyes and stripes for anyone else. Warrior, let me go, I yell in cavemanese. I don't speak that much of it like Amelia and Sophia do. But I'm a linguistic student, and I've picked up a little bit of the language they speak. And then it cuts off. You have to buy the book to continue reading. We're at the exciting kidnapping at the end of chapter three. Uh, I may have to buy Caveman Aliens Rage 
but I don't think I want to start at book three. I need help. I need guidance. I need to know if I should decide to continue this book or go back to the origin story and do it properly. Well, I guess I've just said do it properly so we all know my view. How much is this? 442 yen. And with that, I'm afraid, I think I must conclude uh, today's adventure. Caveman Aliens Rage. Caveman Aliens Book 3. English edition. I wanted to get to the sex bit, but of course I'm not going to put a sex bit in the free preview.